Hey guys, and welcome to the Startup Diary episode one, four, four. Mad number, you know. It's a lot of episodes. I'd be interested to know how long it takes for someone to go back and listen to all of them. We can easily find that out. Yeah, but we're recording. Anyway, uh, today we are going to be talking, we said it in the previous show, we're going to be talking a bit about uh, focus groups and kind of the, not struggles, the uh, kind of the efforts that we go through for clients, problems that we try and solve for them, uh, and kind of the implementation on on our own products and how we, uh, we've we been so busy helping everyone else that we should really focus more effort onto our own. Yep, uh, and just a quick one. If, you're, if this is the first show you've listened to, I think, I actually think the last episode is probably going to be one of our most downloaded. Uh, just so it's one of the things that people keep asking about in the inboxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 100% go back and listen to 143, um, which is about sales, hiring, and the structure as you're trying to build the team out. I would really like to listen to that, like episode one and two again to see what we're like. Yeah, yeah, we should do. Because I feel like we've not changed, but oh, yeah. you know when you listen to podcasts and it's like, oh, they've kind of they've gotten, gotten the rhythm of it. Yeah. Which that. is not what we have. We don't have rhythm with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so focus groups, Harry. So um, I'm, this is kind of more going to be driven by you, uh, just because it's something that you sort of took the lead of the first first client we had for focus groups. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think many people consider it as a, if you're in the group, you probably don't consider it a focus group because it's not it doesn't feel that formal, but that's what it is. Um, so how about you talk about the creation of uh, the Monument Masters? So I guess I guess it's more. We should really start with what would what the purpose of it is. So at the, the the current situation of the industry we're in is suppliers don't have any communication with their end users. They sell to a shop, like we mentioned in the previous one. They sell the product to a shop, who then sells it to the end user, and there's just no information being relayed back to the supplier. So when John the plumber has an issue with a wrench because it just doesn't do this thing, they go back to the uh, merchant, merchant, tell them that it's crap. End of communication. Supplier continues to make that product. No one buys it anymore. And so, I wonder and exactly. And it's wonder why. Wrong. And and the merchant just sees it as just poor stock. Or, or the flip side of it is uh, a manufacturer makes a cool product, and they take it into a merchant. And uh, I love the way that one of our clients puts it. Um, he says a buyer is a buyer. It doesn't matter what they're buying. Their job is to drive the price down on something. Uh, that they believe they can make some margin on. So you might have someone that works for, we might have someone that works for B&Q, everyone knows B&Q. Mm-hmm. You might have someone that works for B&Q today that last week worked at Mothercare buying buggies. Yes. Because a buyer is a buyer. They move from, they, that's how a buyer move. they move. They are always a buyer, they just move from industry to industry. So you've got a guy, you've got a guy or a woman uh, who's a professional buyer working at B&Q and then a client, one of our clients walks in with this new hammer and they go, this hammer, is literally the best hammer ever. Like, and it could it, actually be. It could, it could actually be, be. A, a, a world-changing It could be a game-changer. Invention. And they put it on the table, and the person that's used to looking at buggies for the last three years goes, I really don't like the colour. Mm. I just don't think people are going to like the colour. Can we change the colour? No, we can't change the colour. It's got a funny handle. Yeah, the, handle, <laughs> the handle's a bit, mm, it's a bit chunky. That's the whole thing. That's the, that's the unique selling point of this hammer. Mm, not going to buy it. Mm. And all of a sudden, the manufacturer's like, oh shit, what do I do now? You've got 2,000 in the warehouse getting made. You've taken all of our products so far. Why not this one? And they go, just don't like it. And they have no other route to market. Mm. Whereas if that manufacturer had data uh, of uh, 
would you like this hammer? And they go, nah, don't like the handle. And they go, oh, we've run it in a focus group for six months and uh, we've had it on test for three months. And we've actually pre-sold 500. Uh, we've validated the product for you. So I guess you don't want 500 orders. Not a problem. I'll go to the next person. Then all of a sudden the buyer's going to freak their shit mm. and go, oh, no, I'll have the hammer. I'll have the damn hammer. Like, that's the thing because at the moment, like you say, the manufacturer has no direct relationship with the end user. But by engaging with the end user, we're not saying they sell direct, but we are saying that they can validate a product and make sure that what they're making is wanted. And on top of that, they can build real brand advocacy. They can literally meet their most passionate customers and then arm those guys to go and sell on their behalf on social media, in groups, at the builder's merchant. Like that's got real passionate about it. So that's the thing that we I can do. Tell, mate. Yeah. I believe in it. Mate. I believe in it. So um, we did that for a client called Monument. Mm-hmm. Tell me. What do you want to know? Uh, I want to, we're going to get onto this, the, the fact that the conversation we had last night around the, our focus groups, but just tell me some of the challenges. If someone is listening to the podcast now and they go, that's a really good idea, not as a service to clients, because they might not be at that stage, but I want to offer a focus group for my product. Like, how do they go about that, in your opinion? Or what are the key things that they need in place? Or like, where are we? So you need, first of all, obviously you need the people. But the people need to be the right kind of people. <laughs> uh, you need to get people that are interested in the products, um, in that field of products. For example, Monument Tools is plumbing tools. Yep. Uh, we, we set out to find, because um, not, it's, not, it's not something for everyone. People don't, people don't like the the pitch is you get to spend a couple of hours in a room with a supplier mm-hmm. and you get to shape the future of the products and tools that you'll be using yep and some people completely turn off by it but that is a interesting proposition to some people i mean like it's just, but you have to it's just building that group of people up like if there's someone listening to the show that has a product that they're making and they have no audience yet, and it's their focus group, what do you recommend to them? No idea. Get on the phone, call people. Exactly that. That's what I do. That's what we did. We called a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> because like I say, availability and things like that. Yeah, we exhausted the members of Expert Trades. In terms of like who's available on this day at this time to come to this thing with a supplier, mm-hmm. it was a fairly new relationship. Um, but if you don't have a list of people, you just, I think you just... Like you say, you understand that the people that are going to be interested in this is a plumber. So let's just say you're making, let's take Ignacio, you're making an HR app for small businesses. And you're like, I don't really know if they're going to want this feature. Then they go, uh, okay, we're just going to call up 20 local businesses. And like you say, the pitch is, we're building this thing, or we've built this thing, uh, and we want to make sure it's fit for purpose. And we want you to help us shape this so it's perfect for your business. And we, as you say, we've done it for other suppliers. We've done it for multiple suppliers now. But we've never done it ourselves. Yeah. So what's the plan? So we are going to get basically the exact same principle. We're going to get like 10 guys in a room, uh, possibly two different groups, depending on how we want to do it. Um, but we're going to get them in a room. and We're, we're literally going to say, look, instead of us building these things and asking and telling you, you are you going to use it? We've built it. We've spent hours, weeks, months building this thing. Mm-hmm. 
I hope you like it. We're going to save ourselves time and make everyone's lives hopefully easier by only building the things that they want. So they're gonna, we're going to get them all into a room because that's the other thing as well is we get feedback every day about something that, that we've already built that they're using. Can we change this? Can we change that? But it comes in drips and drabs and, yeah. it, and the interactions over the phone and online are, are good, but it's not, you can't beat being in a being face to face with one person is amazing. So when you've got but when you've got ten guys in a room all contributing to the same thoughts and ideas, like so, someone will say one thing, and everyone else in the room gets to riff off of it. Yeah, and that's when you get some genuinely good ideas um, and some bad ideas. But you can you can shoot them down quickly because mm-hmm. enough people can say, yeah, I do like it. No, I don't because of X, Y, and Z. It allows you to cut the fat and get down to some very interesting solutions um and i think from i think from my side is i understand what these guys need to do every day and half of me wants to just build like it's the it's the steve jobs mentality i know it is and it should i we are not at that level and should not take that approach but like telling them what's best for them like by building something because we've seen it in 10 different groups we've seen it in five other apps we go we're going to build this and push it out that is one approach to doing dev, I also think it's completely the wrong approach because there are very few unicorns in this world that can do that sort of thing. What we said about the issues that manufacturers have about that hammer, the fact that it's a hammer is no different to our app. And when we say it out loud, it just seems obvious. Mm. It's, uh, I don't know if that's hammer's fit for purpose. So before I take it into the merchant, before I start selling it, I need to go and check it's fit for purpose with people that are gonna use it. And I think one of the things he said as well is, we get messages through email, we get messages through a live chat, whatever it is. I was looking at the time, if you wondering what I was looking at then. Yeah, I thought something was behind me. <laughs> <laughs> um, because you look terrifying. And, and what happens is, I've got a call at 8.45. And what happens is the, the number of messages that come in, it causes doubt with us. Is like, mm, that kind of makes sense. Is that right? And there's no, but there's no critical mass behind that. It's not 10 people in a room saying, yeah, that is bang on, that needs to happen. It's one person, and that causes a conversation internally in the office. And when I, when I would literally on the, very quickly did some calculations yesterday in terms of how much it would cost us to take everyone out for dinner after. And how much, like we could take everyone out for dinner, a few beers, have a good evening, do the community building stuff, compared to, okay, uh, that might be 500 quid, that might be 700 quid. But then you say, how much time are we gonna save on building stuff that actually impacts the business and save mm. the time on the stuff that people aren't going to use it's a bargain yeah the result the results that hosting something like that actually yields is far more than the cost that it will be like like you say we're not only are we getting 10 guys in a room helping us build features that they want and will use and will understand and we know how to make perfect for them first time as opposed to iterative yep we also have a community event after it so we're just building we're building the community we're building a better product for the community and with the community. and with the community, it's, you know what I mean. It, so <laughs> it's a no-brainer. The the thing is for me now is I was trying to work out yesterday uh, what's the perfect mix of this focus group because we've got a natural bias towards heat and engineers in our community because that's the audience that we've really it's just majority for. majority crowd majority crowd because those people have adopted the app quicker than anyone mm-hmm. else and that's the only reason. Um, but we are trying to build expert trades, not expert heating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what we need to do is, and this is more of a, a to-do list for us, and we're just making it open on the podcast, is 
hand select 10 to 12 people. Find out if they're willing to travel. And like I said, do we run a Birmingham group and a London group? We've got a good density down in London of people, that's the only thing. And this might start by, talking about the data thing, this might start by working out who are the people that have logged in the most number of times using the office package in the last 30 days. Taking those people, Edie's just walking in. Edie, come on down. How are you? Just so you know, we're recording a podcast. Oh, good morning, everybody. <laughs> that is amazing. She waved as well. Yeah. Uh, so it's working out who those, who those absolute super fans are of what we do, because they're the people that are, are used to the user flow, are used to the, the issues that they're running into, and literally get an Edie to pick up the phone and say, we are creating the, the equivalent to Monument Masters. I'm not going to try and brand it while I'm... Expert <laughs> Masters. <laughs> I don't think I can use Masters. I think I get slapped by Monument. Um, but with the idea of meeting every six months or ha- and having them meet at least, come into at least one or two sessions. Um, every, so two sessions a year, having an afternoon with them and then taking them all out for dinner and some drinks afterwards as a thank you. Building that community up um, rewarding them in other ways that will work out how we want to do as a thank you for their time um, but really making sure that those people are a mix that represent the rest of the community so heat mm. engineers electricians a mix of people that use our app um, because I think what that also does for us if we look at it strategically is when you create when you basically create a panel of people that are from mixed trades that use our app then all of a sudden when features and requests come in, there's a process. As in, that is an amazing idea, John. We've got our next meeting in three months with the panel. That is gonna be top of the agenda to see what people think. And we're gonna flush it out with those guys. And if that gets through that, we're then gonna let you guys know of what we're thinking and how it works. And then we're gonna build it and roll it out. By building this process, and again, the next podcast is about getting formal, Mm. By building that sort of structure, it's going to allow us to move quicker, waste less time, and add value to the community. That's just win, win, win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been flirting with this idea for a while, haven't we? Like we try, we've tried. On, I'm a flirt. We've, we've tried uh, online f- uh, live feedback sessions and yep. Facebook groups and things like that, but for, we just never really put two and two together. And why don't we just get these guys in a room? Yeah. Partly because I guess we just never made the association like a client pays us to do a job, we deliver on the promise of getting these guys in and like we and we're bloody hard we're, to do we're, that. Yeah, and we but we see that as we get paid to do that, but because this is an inter, basically an internal effort, yep. it's like we ain't got time for that. No, no. But we don't realize that realistically we're, we're actually costing it's costing us more time and money by not doing it. And that is the crux of it. Mm-hmm. it and, and whether you can run a focus group you're in a position to, if you don't have the customers yet, just go and find people that are interested <clears throat> and incentivize them. Because if you don't have a relationship, you've got to incentivize them. And, the, and it might just be, I will give you this product free for a year once I've built it. it. Might be I'll give you it free for life once I've built it. It might be you'll be one of the early ones that get access to it. It depends on how big the problem is that you're fixing. But you, if you're building something and you can't get 10 people to give you an hour of their time, then don't fucking build it because it ain't, you're not fixing a real problem. But I know with our office package, because we're fixing a real problem in the market, and the things that we can do with this as it grows is phenomenal, right? It's super exciting, mm. but it comes down to working with the members and, and getting those guys to help us drive the direction. Because what I want the app to be in three years' time might be extremely different to what the actual users want it to be. Uh, but it is finding that mix. Yeah, I, I was just a, did that. I was, I, was about, I was about to say the, uh, the flip side is that 
just because everyone else thinks it's a good idea doesn't necessarily mean it's the right idea. Exactly. <laughs> because they could be asking for something that's just not going to benefit you as a company, for example. It's, exactly. It's, 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 a, it's a nice to have that they all want, but they could probably get it somewhere else already for free. Yep. So what's the point in you wasting time, resource and effort? Or I know something about the industry in terms of how things are moving, mm. whether it's direct selling, yeah. whatever it is. I might go, actually, guys, that's a really cool feature, but I know what things are going to look like in two years' time. And that's when the vision of the founder comes into play because it's having that balance of what do you need now that's a wow moment, but what's going to make the business be the best app in the industry in two years' time and, and finding the mix of the two. Leave it there. Leave it there. How can people get hold of you? Email. I know. <laughs> it goes to us. Harrison at experttrades.com is the email and the gram, Adam, is our startup podcast. Is that incorrect? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is startup podcast. <laughs> at startup podcast. You know what? Can you check, please? Because now, now. Okay, you just ramble for another 30 seconds. And... But yeah, so questions coming in, guys. We've got some QAs coming up. We've got a couple more episodes to Startup podcast. Startup podcast. Startup podcast. I am rhyming. You are right. DM us on there if you have any questions. Next one, Harry, is about getting formal. Yeah. Shirt and tie it. Not that formal. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it there.